A continent to love, a people changing the world. You're listening to The Voice of Africa podcast. We unearth compelling stories of trailblazers across disciplines of African descent. Learn from their strategies, challenges, and successes as you build your own vision-driven future. Hi there. In this interview, meet DJ Big Stan. In this podcast, we discuss his life, career as an entrepreneur and musician, and the importances of art, creativity, and the influence amongst Africans. Let's get right into it. Hello, guys. Welcome to TVOA TV. Today, we have a very, very, very special guest with us that goes by the name of DJ Bigstan, the voice of Africa's finest. He's the one that collaborates and curates the list for us for Spotify, Apple Music, Audio Mac, Boomplay, you name it. That's like that right there. He is a DJ, one of Ghana's fastest growing, and a record producer as well. My bro, how you doing? I'm good, bro. You said for sure, for sure. I'm chilling, chilling, bro. Can you tell us about your childhood growing up in Ghana? Um, my childhood growing up, I said it was quite fun. I was quite stubborn, so I always get into trouble. But yeah, it was a fun one, to be honest. Yeah. That's calm, that's calm. So are there any like, you know, role models or anything that you had growing up? Who inspired you to, you know, start in this field? Um, I'll say maybe, maybe DJ Black, because I really like, like, when I was little, my mom always used to like go on Joy FM when I coming back from anywhere. And then DJ Black is always like, you know, talking behind the mic, spinning and all that. So yeah, I'll say probably DJ Black. So uh, can you talk about some experiences you had, you know, you know, growing up, especially like after you matured a little bit, that kind of, you know, influence you to, you know, go in this space. Like, how, how did that whole, you know, DJ come to, to part? Was it like a uni? Um, I would say when I entered into high school, mm. um, yeah, in high school, I think in my second, I mean, I used to like already like play around like virtual DJ when I was in my primary, I mean, in like JHS, junior high school. Right. So when I entered into high school, like, I was seeing up my seniors and then some of them were school DJs and that. So when I became a senior in my second year, I started like DJing in the school. So that pushed me into it when I went to uni. So has there been any like specific project that you worked on, you know, before, you know, in uni or in high school that, you know, really made you like, know like, this is what I want to do. So I'm saying I threw a party called Black Stallion in high school. I think in my second year, yeah second year and then yeah i charged for the party and also dj for the party so at that point then i knew that oh this is something i definitely want to do and yeah then, where did that black style come from i know like you're obviously you're black you're mad tall i'm six four yeah. yeah okay so that makes sense yeah, yeah. Like yeah. yeah. not like a nickname or something that you had you just came up with it no like to be honest yeah the name just came to me i don't know where it came from it just came i threw it with you know sean and jason yeah yeah it just came and then there was something we all did in that so so what was some of the main you know challenges that you had you know when you were starting out as a dj i know obviously finances comes into play getting the equipment and stuff can you touch yeah. on your, you know, personal experiences? Okay. Well, my main challenges with personal experiences will be they are not paying you if you're a newbie. I understand, okay, maybe they don't really know your worth, but, like, as time goes on, you'll be expected to be paid your worth, but, like, maybe you're going to play in a club. When I started, I used to play in Bella Roma, and I'll go in and then I'll play for, like, five, six hours, and then I'll be given, like, 50 CDs for transport. Oh. <laughs> 
like, I was excited. Yeah. <laughs> I was excited because I, I, I like what I was doing though. So at first I wasn't really like worrying much about the money. But as time was going on, like I was being demanded more and that. So like I was also like, okay, now it's time to get paid more and yeah. that. Exactly. Like, yeah, that was one of the main challenges that, you know, I faced when I was coming up. What about DJing, you know, are you so passionate about? Because five, six hours sitting somewhere, you know, just working, 50 CDs, that's crazy. So, like, what inspired you? Like, what, what is it about it? Okay, so, me, I think it's mainly about music. I love music. I'm a music fan, and I always listen to music and that. So, I mean, when I found out there was an app that you could do this with music and that and that, I was just, like, playing around it. And then, like, it became something that was good at people, like what I was doing and that. So I just I just knew it was me, and this is what I wanted to do. So, yeah, it was mainly about the music, yeah. How would you describe, you know, what a DJ is? Like, what does what your job into? Because people, like, for example, like, I would just think, yo, you just put the beats together and come and play at the club. Is, is that really all it is, or is it more? Not really. I feel like a DJ is, like, a teacher at the party. You know how the teacher has to like control the class, make sure this is done, make sure that's done. Yeah, the DJ is mainly like that. He has to control the crowd, make sure everyone is dancing, make sure everyone is having fun. So basically, yeah, the DJ is like the life of the party. If the DJ doesn't bring life, the party will never be lively, no matter how turned up the people want to be. No, sure. I definitely agree with you on that as well, too. So what would you say your first setup, you know, as a DJ was? I know you talked about you had an app, but was that all you were using, you know, as you were progressing? Yeah, I was mainly using my laptop and a mixer. But the mixer is not, um, it's not like um, the scratching board thing. It was just like mainly volumes and trebles and bass controlling. So that's mainly what I use. Mm-hmm. But I use that because I'm much comfortable in that. Most people think, I mean, most people are much comfortable using the other stuff. But it's about what you can use better and what you can do and what, comes out if it's good and it sounds good and people like it then you have to follow what you're doing exactly no i agree with you as well um can you take us through a day in your life like how, how do you you know get the vibes to put those tunes together mm-hmm. all that yeah my life so basically when i wake up for some reason i'll sleep late i'll wake up early because i sleep late because of like my schedule was like messed up from school yeah i'll like have to go to work and come back around 6 a.m and that so just something that is always happening. So I sleep late, I wake up like probably eight, nine. When I wake up, I have to listen to music first. I just have to like play something, be it gospel, hip hop, Afrobeat, I just have to play something. After, I'll probably go and make food because I like to cook. So, you know, I'll go and make food. Mm. And then I'll, depends, sometimes I want to create a beat. Sometimes I want to make a mix. Or sometimes I just want to watch like stuff on Netflix. So wake up music cook or make a mix on Netflix, come back. If I have to go to the studio and link up with my boys, I'll do that. If I have to go and do like something else, I'll do that. But mainly I'm home, you know, working from home. And, uh, That's very interesting. So let's say today you had a, a big gig coming up. What would your approach be like? Like how would you go about your day from, you know, selecting the material, preparing for it, you know, building the set, ETC? Okay, so what I'll normally do is before like, if I know the gig is today being, um, Thursday, maybe before, maybe Monday, Tuesday, I'll create my playlist, which I know. I'll first look at the age of the people I'm going to play for, basically. That's what I do. I'll create a specific playlist and name it after that party. 
keep playing songs I think will turn people up and cue the songs and all that. And then I'll be practicing, practicing, because I want the transitions to be good. Sometimes, you know, you can go and wing it. But if you want to impress me, what I do is I practice and practice, and I even record a mix. So when I'm going to the place I'm listening to it, so that I know automatically after this song, I'm going to play this song. That's what I, I do. Yeah, so basically, that's how I prepare. I mean, like mainly about the music section, but like, yeah, I also like pick out my clothes and make sure everything is on fleek. You know, I'm saying on fleek, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I was heard you talk about you know knowing what songs to cue and stuff like that. How do you come about like choosing what songs to come next? And what, okay, aren't they like okay, all so songs or it, it has like a you know, like a platform? okay? So music and DJing, the, we use something called the BPM BPM minute, and that it ranges from like you can have from seventy to two hundred and whatever. So the BPM minute is what determines what goes next. So you can arrange your music by beats per minute. And that much, like that makes much sense because if you're going to play a song that's a BPM 100, you don't expect to play the next song with a BPM at 250 because that's going to be way faster and that won't just fit the vibe. So the BPM arranges the song, but then it's up to you to know what the crowd will want. And it's up to you to know whether if you play this, it will get people moving or not. So that, I feel like, is the DJ and how you relate with the crowd. But also, the cueing is also, like, important part of the songs where, you know, when you start from that place, it will get everybody moving to that. Like, that's what the cueing does mostly. You cue maybe maybe the, the chorus or maybe the second rap, the second verse, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's interesting. So when you are, you know, at home, you know, preparing and stuff like that, getting the crowd ready, like, in your head or mentally, does it differ from being in the actual presence of the people or does it kind of help out in some type of way? Okay, well with me, if you see me on stage, I'm a very different person. Mm-hmm. And before I go on stage, like I really act like what I'm going to do in my room. That's what I do, cause I like it, I love it. So maybe I'll be playing the music and get turning up. Sometimes I get my friends to come over. If it's like an important gig, like maybe Tidal Raid, Afro Nation, all that kind of stuff. I'll get some people to come over and I'll try some things. And if I see that they are moving to it and that, then I know that, okay, this is what I have to go and that. So me, I normally like rage in my room and then I take it there with me. Yeah. Because the energy must start from home. Yeah. yeah. That's very interesting. Carl, I would have thought that maybe it might be different, but you kind of have to have that kind of, you know, energy at all times. So has there been any time you've like performed you know, on stage when you're not really feeling well, you know, like today, today yeah. is not your day. You have to go on a stage and like hype up the people. Has that been any of those days before? I mean, yeah, like there's been, a, there's been days like that. Yeah. I mean, there's been days too where maybe, there's been days I've, I think I'm doing well, but the crowd is just not vibing. I've had that like twice and I felt really bad because <laughs> I prepared for the set. I yeah. did everything. I made it like, I did the normal stuff I normally do. But then I, 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 I kind of understood what had happened because before I came in, a lot of DJs had already come and then they had played most of the songs, popular songs. So crowd has already been moved by it. But like my spot, I just had to change certain things. But because I came with a prepared set, mm-hmm. I wanted to lay out my set. So maybe that energy wasn't there that much, but it's a learning experience, you know. I learned from it, so I know what to do next time. You are still listening to the Voice of Africa podcast. Unveiling a continent of love, a people changing the world. 
In the rest of the interview, DJ Big Stan talks about Africans being given their deserved recognition for Afrobeats. So, you know, you've worked with, you know, various artists in Ghana, um, especially one of the main ones is the Mem Gang. How, how did it come to part, you know, getting that relationship with those okay. guys? Um, well, the Mem Gang, uh, I knew one of the members at that time who was in the group, the producer, and they had, like, some shows, like, in uni, and somewhere they were popping. I was also, like, popping in my sector. So... Because I knew the producer, he made me that he wanted to have a meeting and talk. So I talked with the boys about being their DJ. Then I went to the studio, we spoke, and then it was a deal. You know, we started. It's been we started from 2017. It's been 2018, 19, 20, 21, like almost five years now. So. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's very interesting because you know more times too. I feel like relationships in the industry, you know, partnerships don't really last as long. So it's very interesting that you've been able to keep it up with those guys. It really don't last long, bro. Trust yeah. me. That's very interesting. Yeah. So, you know, what artists are you looking at, you know, potentially working with in the future, if you could have a chance? Okay. Well, one artist I would say is Whiskey and Drake. Yeah. First, I would have said Drake, but for some reason, I would just hit with Whiskey out yeah. of nowhere. I mean, I always like like Whiskey, but his new album really drew me to him. Yeah. So like, yeah, bro. So, like, he's one of the artists in Africa I know. Like, before I die, I must work with him. And Drake, I mean, Drake is not going to be easy, but if you are determined, you make it. So, yeah. Yeah, bro. So can you talk about, you know, branching into the record producing, you know, field? And what, what came about that? Okay. So, I've always wanted, like, I've always wanted to play beats, like, make beats, produce beats and that. But I never really had the time. I've always said, oh, I'll do it, I'll do it. When I joined Lamem, I even used to tell the producer, I want to learn, I'll do this, I'll do that. But then I just never had the time because I was always busy with my DJ and stuff. Mm. So then came Corona, and I was home 24-7, and I started going on YouTube, started doing one or two things, downloaded the app, did this, did that. And it's been like six months now. And I mean, I, I think I've made some decent beats because I've sent some beats out. To some artists I know, and they gave me good feedback, and some of them I have been willing to work on it. So, I mean, the process is, is, is coming well and it's going well. So, yeah, I'm hoping for the best. For sure. Is that something that you see yourself, you know, fully branching into, or you you can kind of? Um, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to merge both because I I really want to go all around in the music sector. Like, I'm not even limiting myself at all. So. This is just something you have added. Definitely, mm. after I'm done with this, I'll add another thing. So yeah, I'm going to just make every. I'm not going to drop one and do one. I'm just going to keep adding everything together. Right. Yeah. You think you can ever, you know, maybe you're going to produce or rap from the song or sing the song one day? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Wait and never see. know. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think, you know, DJs and record producers can get more recognition in Africa? I feel like more times, bro, is the artists that you know, get that. And the DJs are kind of just behind the scenes. Mm, well, um, in past times, I would have said that, yeah, that is quite true. But like now, things are shifting up a bit. In a, a bit, sorry, because I feel like in past times, you really, you really wouldn't have DJs on the lineup of a show with artists. Mm. But now, shows like Afro Nation, Afrochella, Tyler Rave, DJs are being lined up with artists, and then most of these DJs are getting recognition, like outside and that. 
So I feel like with more of this happening, things will like shaping up for the DJ. But also I feel like it also has to do with like the industry seeing it as a respectable job. Cause some people think it's just about playing music and changing it. Like what what do you like what do you think you can get from me? Like do you understand? The mindset of it changes. And then, like, they get to see... Because you can't have a party without a DJ. You can't have a funeral without a DJ. You can't do anything that you need to have music without a DJ. Because you might think maybe you'll play the music and stop. But you... I can give you a laptop with music and that. And I ask you to play music for two hours. You know you'll get tired. Because it's not something that you want to do. Or maybe... I don't know. Maybe if you have maybe something that you like to do, you can do it for more than two hours and keep going. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So people need to understand. Because DJ is me, when I'm going to work, I don't sit down. I don't like to sit down because that, that's not how I work. I, I can't sit down and leave. I stand for all nine hours, jumping, shouting, doing everything for nine hours. So when I get on my feet, it's sore. I'm, I'm, trust me, bro. Like one of the units was mad. Bro, it was mad. <laughs> but yeah. That's amazing. I respect it. So how do you wish to see the future of the, you know, the music industry in Ghana or in Africa in, in general? We, you know, we heard Spotify just launched the, you know, more streaming platforms are coming and stuff like that. I feel like it's, it's getting somewhere. I, I just hope that we can hurry up and get to Nigeria's level because I feel like Ghana's music is interesting. Like we have very great artists from Ghana, but I don't know if it's our population or we just don't support enough I feel like the more we push and the more we have people recognizing these musicians, because Ghanaians, we don't really recognize our musicians, talk about even other celebrities. So it kind of makes the industry very, like, you don't really know whether it's a good thing to do this or that. So I feel like if we start giving recognitions to our musicians and that, it will kind of, like, help other people. Because look at you, you're in America, you're always promoting Ghanaian music, African music. Your people in America are definitely going to hear it. So that's one person, that's coming from you, one person. If other people in other places are doing it. That's how it works in Nigeria. A lot of Nigerians are all over the world. And they keep, they, Nigerians really support, like, because I me, mean, I always tell my friends when we link up. I mean, I like trap music, but why are you always playing trap music, bro? It doesn't make you a real nigga. It doesn't make you, like, bro, support yours. My niggas be like, oh, no, nah, bro. Like, I'm like, bro, playing Afrobeat doesn't mean you're whack. You're supporting your home. Like, you feel me? So I feel like if like our people start to recognize and see our artists and their music and stuff, we love the industry. So how can the Voice of Africa support and you know contribute to your causes and the projects that you're doing in the future? Okay, well I'll say one like one thing I had on my mind that we are already doing basically is this playlist for both Africa and Ghana. Like I know a lot of people are listening to it. Because, like, I post it myself and people are telling me, oh, I like this song. I didn't know this song. So I know it's a good feedback. So with this going to continue, I know we are going to get more people listening to our music from Ghana and Africa all over. So one thing you guys are doing is the playlist platform. That's good. Also, um, I feel like maybe as the brand goes higher, y'all can launch a show, like our Afro Nation and Afrochella and that, you know, once the brand keeps going and that, you people can have a voice to Africa show where you take it to all countries, either in Africa or other parts of the world, and you select specific artists that you know, they are going to let people come and look at Africa. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not just about people like the name and brand, like 
like the big names. There are people that portray Africa and their music very well and their music is good, but they just don't have the platform to let people listen to. So if the voice of Africa could do that in the future, that's why we I feel like yeah, African music is going to go very far. No, for sure. I definitely agree with you. Even till this day, we still get, you know, messages from artists telling us, yo, can you add us to our playlist? Can you do this? So, like, obviously... Bro, trust me, bro. (laughs) Everything costs more, but eventually, you just got to be consistent with it. And last, you know, question I have for you is, do you have any advice for any young aspiring, you know, DJs right now to that in high school, maybe listen to this in uni, or guys that just grown up to that want to start BGJ into the I have a lot of my DMs, bro. But yeah, yeah, what I'll say is you have to first respect the job before you go into it. Because most people feel like DJing is just about maybe playing in a nightclub and playing music and playing it fast for people to dance. But if you have that kind of mindset, people wouldn't even respect you as a DJ because there are most DJs that are there and are like very good and have been there from time, but they are not as famous as some of the youth DJs who have come in recent times just because of certain things. Do you understand? So I feel like it's all about the respect for the job. And also if you are doing this and you want to do it and you know in your heart this is what you want to do, doesn't mean maybe you shouldn't follow education or whatever. But it's something that you want to do, then follow it, but also pay attention to other stuff because you can never just put all your eggs in one basket. Do you understand? And just respect If you respect the job, everything that good that comes with it will follow. Yeah. For sure. All right, GJ. Hey there. We hope you enjoyed this interview. If you did, make sure you subscribe to our channel and leave a review. And if you already have, share this interview with anyone who might be inspired by it. Also, you can send us a review on how to serve you best. Join us in our next podcast where we discuss more relevant issues in regards to Africans and Africa as a whole, and how we may better our already bountiful home. Catch you on the next episode.